It's time to have those Bible questions answered. Because it's after 5 o'clock on Friday, and that means it's time for Ask the Preacher with your host, John Freed. Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Ready to answer those questions? Here's John. Well, happy Friday to you. Thank you for joining us here on Ask the Preacher. And uh, as always, every Friday, as Eric just said, from roughly 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. But by the way, every Sunday at Believer's Fellowship Church, uh, right now 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., There's all sorts of stuff that happens during the week. There's something on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We kind of take Friday off, sort of. Friday morning, there's uh, prayer, and then there's the radio program, and then Saturday, evangelism. So seven days a week, we have stuff going on. Uh, We have food pantry ministries and, and, uh, and other things, healing ministries and special classes and all sorts of stuff. Look us up at Believer's Fellowship. Dot com. Hey, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you've joined us today. I, I've been making mention periodically on the program here that our, our desire is to give you hope. I, I want to be very clear about that. Uh, hope is found in Jesus Christ. If, if you are not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you really, in all honesty, you have no reason to hope. I, I don't mean to make that sound mean or, or bitter or, or angry. I'm not against you. I just want you to know truth that uh, Jesus Christ is our hope. And so I want you to put your hope, your trust in in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you with God's Word. It's His Word that is a firm foundation. The Bible is what I'm talking about. The the, the Scriptures, what is is given to us in the Word of God becomes a sure foundation for us to, to live by, for us to walk by. And when you walk according to that Word, uh, you, you'll 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 have hope. You'll have peace. There'll be a lot of stuff going on in in the world, uh, but you yourself will have peace. I, I want I want our our conversation in the radio program to answer questions for you, to take away fear, to take away doubt, uh, to to give you faith, to give you the ability to believe God, and that comes by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. God's Word. And so that's what we want to do. It's what we endeavor to do in this program here on Fridays. It's what we endeavor to do in, in church services. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want people just to simply know verses, know passages, to know as if they're philosophical statements. I want people to know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you know hope, you know peace, you know strength, you know power, you know help. You know the man who has come to redeem us, and so that's why that's why we're here. In in uh, in the second segment of today's program, George Locke uh, will be back with us. He's taken a couple weeks off, and so uh, he'll be back in the in the studio. But uh, there's a there's a lot going on in the world, and uh, and Jesus told us that that stuff would happen. Uh, he told us things uh, that would happen so that that we would not be surprised, that we would not be deceived, that we would not fall away but that we would hold on firm to his word. I, I want to read something um, to you out of, out of John chapter 16. He says, All of these things I have told you said so that you will not fall away. It says that, he said, They will put you out of the synagogues. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you, they will think 
that they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father and they have not known me. And I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I didn't tell you this at the very beginning uh, because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. I'm going to the Father, and no one asked me where I'm going. And he goes on and he, and he talks uh, more in John chapter 16 and in John chapter 17 about the Holy Spirit, which I absolutely love to, to talk about. But I, I wanted to make emphasis of this, uh, of, of this portion of Scripture here in John chapter 16 where, it's, where it says here, there's a time coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. The King James, that's in, I just read that out of the New International Version. The King James says it something like this, um, that they will kill you thinking that they are doing God's service. In, in other words, they will kill you thinking that they are working for God. And uh, the, the reality is that they are deceived. They're not, they're not working for God. They're actually working against God. I, I want to make this, this parallel, this analogy uh, to kind of what's, what we have seen taking place in our world in the last two years. We've seen a great shutdown of not just the economy, but we saw a shutdown of the church. We had the governments of the world come, come against churches that would stay open uh, we'll t- we'll talk a little bit of details about some of these things in a few minutes, but my my point is is to say that they thought they were doing what was right. They thought they were doing what is righteous. So here's my question: How do you know what is right or what is wrong? Do you judge it by what it looks like on the surface? Well, the answer to the question is this: You know what is right and what is wrong according to God's word. It's the counsel of his word that is what tells us what is right and what is wrong and so there's no gray area uh when you're wondering what what's right what's wrong we judge it according to the word of god and when we don't when we judge it according to um what's what's the word I'm, i'm looking for present day circumstances uh What's what's and circumstances current events? Yeah, when we judge the hey George, by the way, he's Hi. with us here this segment. Uh, when we judge things uh, according to current events and and uh, world standards, um, what seems good now it might seem good now, but in the end it leads to destruction. Um, and there's a proverb that says, "There's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it it is to death and destruction." And so we find ourselves navigating laws and navigating uh, the writings of our of our constitutions and adjusting things, even the Supreme Court, and saying, "Well, it's a living document. You know, we're going to adjust it so people don't view things the same way now as they used to." And what happens is we slowly, slowly, slow. Right now, very quickly, stray off course. My point is to say this: it is the Word of God that keeps us. I don't like this word, but it keeps us at true north. Uh, that, that seems kind of uh, yin-yangish, kind of new age-ish to me or whatever, but um, you can understand the concept. The The Word of God keeps—it is the plumb line. It is the standard. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to use this term. It is the anvil that breaks the hammers. It doesn't change, and that, my friends, is what we must judge our lives by conduct our lives by, not only personally, but also in the social and public square. That's what we have to do as a nation. It's what you need to do as an individual. It's what we must do as families, in our homes, in our churches, in our schools, in every area of life. 
We must conduct it according to the Word of God. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in two and a half minutes or so. As always, the phone lines are open. Area code 863-682-1430. One more time, 863-682-1430. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Hey, let's get back to more Ask the Preacher. It comes your way every Friday from 5 to 6 right here on Talk Radio 96.7, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John. Eric, that was uh, like the Micro Machines commercial there. That was? Yeah. Talking fast. <laughs> I, I, I've heard it said that the, the human ear and the human brain can understand like 40 times faster than what the human mouth can speak. Like, wow, that's that's amazing. 40 times? I, I, don't, I don't know. That's That's really fast. You remember in the 80s, the guy who could read ultra fast? You ever seen well, that? I remember the Micro Machines commercial. Do you know what Micro Machines yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the little... Die-cast uh, cars. Little cars, yeah. Yeah, yeah what, what's the commercial you're talking about? Yeah, it wasn't a commercial. It was a guy who was made famous for the world's fastest speaker. I don't know. I can't oh, remember his uh, name. But. I don't know. I remember Johnny Five, the little robot, could read super fast. But, Johnny uh, Five. Anyway, short circuit. Johnny alive, short circuit. Good moment. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, folks, I wanted to. Uh, I want to read you some some scripture. Um, I, I want to read scripture because it gives us assurance. I was talking in the beginning about Jesus being our hope. Um, in John, in the book of John, chapter one, it says that Jesus is the Word. That the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So, um, I want to read the Word. It would be like Jesus sitting down and talking to us. Right now, so here is some of the advice of God. This is some of the the instruction that Jesus might tell us. You say, "Well, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say?" Oh, Jesus, reassure me, give me comfort. Okay, here it is in the Word of God, in in Psalm chapter one, at the very beginning of the book of Psalm. It says, "Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly." I was speaking a few minutes ago um, about listening to the Word of God. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the way of sinners, or or sit, or I'm sorry, stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But blessed, if I may add this, but blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That's you could boil it down and almost basically say in in the scriptures, in in the law of God. I know there's some specific structure there of the law of God, but in general, you could say. In the word of God, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he does meditate day and night. What would that man be like, George? What would the person be like who meditates in the scriptures and who takes advice and counsel and delight in the law of God? Well, verse 3 says it. He will be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season and his leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does will prosper. My goodness, I think about the the times in which we are in mm-hmm. and the times that are coming. I mean, I don't like $4 a gallon gas. I'm, I'm grateful I don't live in Vegas. A friend of ours went out to, to Vegas uh, with her husband the other day and on some vacation time, $9 a gallon. Good. Wow. Night. Nice, wow. small, efficient car. Cost 100 bucks to, to fill up, you know. <sighs> I don't like that, but... To the person whose delight is in the Lord, whatever they do will prosper. 
something that we've been just saying lately around uh, our our church family and, and the encouragement of don't be dismayed, don't be distracted, don't become fearful concerning what is happening in the world's economy. If your delight is in the law of the Lord, he will cause you to prosper. Your leaf will not wither. Yeah. He'll He'll increase you. I don't care if gas gets $20 a gallon. Somehow the Lord will increase your income or make your car more efficient or whatever the case might be. I don't know how he does miracles. Miracles are against the laws of nature. That's... Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea of a, of a miracle. It's something that takes place that naturally is not supposed to happen, such as an axe head being caused to float. Folks, iron does not float naturally, but a miracle causes iron to float. Uh, Jesus and Peter, by the way, walking on water. Mm-hmm. That's not supposed yeah. to happen naturally. It's a miracle, but it happened. And it, 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 it happened not just to Jesus, but it happened to a natural man, Peter. And so if, if that could happen to Peter, it could happen, George, to you. It could happen to me. Um, whatever needs to, to happen, if, if our meditation and our delight is in God, and we don't allow ourselves to be full of fear and full of worry, full of doubt, full of unbelief, we, we keep our meditation, our thoughts, uh, um, our delight in God and in his word, he'll cause us to prosper. He'll cause us to overcome. And you know, th- this is my um, my two cents. You know, if it hits the floor, that's okay. Uh, but but I think you know, words have meaning, and I think it's really important. Uh, if if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, uh, you know, of of Yeshua, of Yahweh God, if you claim to be His follower, First John tells us to walk as He walked. Mm-hmm. And one thing that He did, just out of His very nature, is He followed the law. Because he is the law. And uh, somewhat, Psalm 119 tells us that the law of the Lord is perfect. perfect. And so I think uh, we do not gain inheritance into his kingdom. I am not born into his family uh, by keeping the law. I am only born into his family by his grace through faith mm-hmm. in what he did on the cross. But... Just because I am born into his family by grace through faith doesn't mean I can excuse the law. Well, it's no different than being born into a natural family. Right. And there's rules to that family. And so I I think it's vitally important. You know, there's this idea of this this hyper grace going on that all I have to do to be prosperous is to love God and love Jesus. And that's that's pretty much it. That's all I got to do. But. You know, when you look at what Jesus was saying there, so the Pharisees, the backstory, Pharisees come to him, oh, what's the greatest commandments? Trying to trick him. And what he does is he doesn't give us new commandments. He doesn't give us this, this what some people call the law of Christ, and it's like this new revelation. He actually quotes the Torah. The very beginnings. He quotes Deuteronomy 28, <laughs> love the Lord thy God with yeah. all thy muchness, and then Leviticus 18, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself, because if you don't love God, and if you don't love your neighbor, it doesn't matter if you ceremonially keep all of the other laws, it's irrelevant. Your yeah, heart isn't yeah. right. And so I think it's really interesting that um, if we do want to be like this Psalm 1 person, where we're meditating and delighting in the law of the Lord, then we should really take that to heart, not because it's how I become part of his family, um, but because it's going to lead us into to prospering and and it's going to lead us into bearing fruit. You know, we know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, you know, the seven fruit of the Spirit, but what is that, how do we develop that fruit, right? Fruit isn't a gift. A gift is given, it's received. 
fruit is grown. It's yeah. cultivated. Process. Sometimes it, it grows quickly. Sometimes it grows slowly. Well, how do we do that? And Psalm chapter one is answering it for us. We delight in the law. We follow the law and it helps us to produce this fruit in our life. The fruit grows because of the law. You know, I, I hear sometimes people say, well, Christ fulfilled the law. So it's, it's done away with or it was crucified. Well, yes, he yes. did fulfill thank, some of the thank law. Thank God for it. Right? And, and here's, here's a controversial statement I said two weeks ago. Christ did not fulfill every law. And here's what I mean by that. There are some laws that only pertain to women. And Jesus <laughs> is not confused like some of the people in our country. He knew he was biologically male. And so uh, as, as I a— I want to talk about that sometime. As, as a man— uh, you know, only certain laws pertained to him. Uh, for example, as a father and as a husband, out of the 613 laws, 223 would apply to me. Uh, there are like 4 million laws for Americans. So the law is not hard to do. It's not cumbersome. It's not a burden. And it's not something that Jesus fulfilled. And now we can ignore because he no, never it, lied. But it's actually but his we should, fulfillment of it that allows us to walk in the fulfillment yes, of it. Yes, his spirit, the nature that is in us that we receive by faith, because of his grace, that nature that's now in us, the law's written in our hearts. But we can't just say the law's written and then ignore it. We we actually should know what the law is and and then do our best to do it. Here's the analogy I like to give. I'm an American by birth, but uh, I can be a good citizen by following the Constitution. Yeah. And so it, it, it's kind of the same thing. We're not saved by following God's law, but it'll cause us to prosper. Yeah. And give us hope. Absolutely. When when we come back, I'll relate Psalm 128 to Psalm 1, talking about the blessed man, the people that are blessed. Hey, uh, shout out to Jarius, Albert, Jonathan, those guys. They just sent me a text. Hey, we're listening to you. So just want to say hi oh, to hey you guys out there listening. Uh, folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. It's 530. We've got to take a break and uh, we'll be back. Hang in there. Let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church in North Lakeland off North Socrum Loop Road. Now here's John. All right, so uh, we said when we went to this break that we would compare Psalm chapter 1 and bring in another psalm, Psalm chapter 128. Uh, we're talking Psalm chapter 1. By the way, thanks for listening to Ask the Preacher. Hope you're enjoying the program. Hope we bless you. Hope we help you. Um, and we're with Believer's Fellowship Church. Okay, I said all that real fast. And you can call in and get your questions answered. Oh, yeah. 863-682-1430. So we had several different text messages come in and say, we're listening, we're listening. Well, that's great. And, and then George says, well, don't listen, ask questions. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, 682-1430. Um, Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, um, basically meaning you're obeying God. You you know what the word says, and you're obedient to it. Um, and we were speaking about the fallacy of just the idea of a of a mental adherence, or even what might be considered a spiritual um, recognition. Rather, I shouldn't say adherence, a mental recognition or a spiritual recognition. Oh yeah, that's God. Oh yeah, that's the Bible. I believe that. Well, the evidence of the belief is in the walking out what right, you yeah, say yeah. We, we believe. And so here's something very similar to Psalm chapter 1 is Psalm chapter 128. It says, blessed is everyone. So by the way, any woman 
Oh, let's talk about the definition of woman a little bit. Any woman who says, oh, Psalm 1 is talking about man. Well, no, it's not talking about male. It's talking about mankind. Well, so apparently Psalm chapter 128 just tried to make that a little more clear to everyone by saying, blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. Catch this next part. And that walks in his ways. That walks in his ways. So this is not just... Oh, I, th- I think about God all the time. Oh, I, I say prayers all the time. No, it's uh, the obedience to the scriptures is what bl- brings about the blessing. It's not, yeah. let me say it this way, it, this is not about just admission into heaven. It might be you could say, well, I'll, I'll be admitted into heaven because I believe in, in Jesus. I, I believe he died on the cross and, and uh, my sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus and by his sacrifice. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'll be able to make it to heaven. Well, in one sense, I'd like to say, you selfish little thing, you. It's like all this is about is you making it to heaven. Isn't there more uh, than, than that? Isn't it about being Christ in the earth today? Isn't it about uh, extending his kingdom reign in the earth today and not just about, well, if I'll just hold on one of these days, I'll, I'll find myself in, in heaven. Well, what about this life and the effectiveness of the scriptures in our living today? That's good. That's good. And, you know, for, for me, we're talking about hope and, and the fact that it's not just doom and gloom despite – Apparently $9 a gallon gas in Vegas. <laughs> Sheepers, creepers. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, I'd make my kids, like, tow me everywhere on a bike. Yeah, push, you know? push. Yeah, pretty much. I don't care if you're four. Push the bike. Anyway, uh, it, th- there's hope. And, and the hope for me, that this is what really helps me out, is the fact that it's not just about getting to heaven. You know, the whole of Scripture from from Genesis, the creation, the, the whole purpose of man, Genesis one twenty six, and then again in one twenty eight, take, take dominion. dominion, military term, to bring under your control through subjugation, take dominion, be fruitful, multiply. The whole of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation has been not just about us being restored into his family, but his kingdom coming. Jesus prayed it, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And mm-hmm. and so it's not, you're hit the nail on the head. It's not just about, man, I hope I get to heaven or, you know, I'm saved so I can sit on my blessed assurance. His <laughs> kingdom is coming and he will establish that with, with a, it's a constitutional monarchy. I've said mm, this before. Yeah. He is a king with absolute authority bound by his own constitution. He yeah. cannot violate his law. His right. law is the Torah and we should want to participate in his kingdom. If we're in his family, it's a family business. It's a, it's a family affair. And we should want to uh, start practicing um, establishing his kingdom. And Well, and, and like you mentioned a, a little bit ago with Jesus fulfilling the law, not necessarily all the law, he certainly fulfilled everything that was required of him to bring yes. up about redemption and salvation. Um, but, uh, so, so there's, here's this aspect that we wouldn't look at that and say, well, now I can do whatever, uh, I want or whatever pleases me. The, the real response is I can do, I can do, not I have to do, I can do whatever pleases him. The law became this barrier that constantly reminded us it's impossible it's impossible to do what is right before God. Jesus comes along and settles the issue, and he remo- He removes the excuse. And now we can look at it and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can do what is pleasing 
to God because of what Jesus did for me. We have a caller on the line, and it's Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Hey there, Pastor. Hey there, George. How you guys doing today? <laughs> Very the good. Hey, uh, Jonathan, we got about two minutes before we go to break here. What say you? All right, real quick. John chapter 15 and verse 2. Jesus talking here. He says, every branch in me. So the branch is in the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So, yay, I'm born again. But I'm called to bear fruit. I'm called the commandment. Uh, George was talking about the garden. The commandment never changed. Be fruitful. You know, yeah. don't just come to God, but bear fruit. And uh, also, Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 24 through 28, he prophesies and tells men and women, I'm going to give you a heart that wants to serve me in a spirit that is able to. So I just wanted um. to throw that in there. Yeah, he, he changes that that old heart, that old stony heart, and gives us a heart of flesh, one that desires uh, to do what is right, one that desires to to please God, and and then he gives us the ability. Uh, Jonathan mentioned in in John chapter fifteen, verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he he takes away. In that whole passage of scripture, there we have this uh, analogy of a tree or of a bush of a, of a plant, uh, the expectation. Jonathan's absolutely right. The same as the command in the beginning, the same as the the follow-up command after the flood when there's only eight people in existence and and God gives the same command that he gave to Adam and Eve. He gives it to Noah and his sons and their wives. Um, And so that that command exists not... Oh, how how do I want to say this? That that, That command exists because God gave dominion to man, and he says, hey, be reminded, this is your purpose for for being here. And so I I love the way you said it, George, a moment ago. Don't sit on your blessed assurance. Actually, take up your blessed assurance and put your blessed assurance to work. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes when when we talk about law, and I'm I'm speaking to somebody, so if you're getting ready to to tune the radio off here to a different channel, just listen for a second. Uh, When we fall short, when we do not keep the law. When we mess up again, the good news is we have an advocate, yes, Christ Jesus. Jesus. He is our advocate. We do not have to be perfect now that we are trusting in him for our salvation. Uh, that which was given, despite my horrendous behavior, cannot be lost because of my horrendous habits. My habits are being, uh, my mind is being renewed and I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. My habits are going away. The fruit is growing. And so don't be discouraged if you're trusting in Jesus and you fall short. Keep pressing forward. Yeah. Hold fast to him and know that he is your advocate yes. when you mess up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, he's like he's a best friend. He he really is. My friends didn't quit on me when I made mistakes. They actually helped me through my mistakes. That's Jesus. He doesn't quit on us when we mess up. He actually helps us through our mess ups. And he says, hey, let's, uh, let, let me pick you up here. Let me let me show you how to do this. Let me do this with you. Let me help you. Thank God that we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, folks, we're going to take another break, and then we'll be back. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. So uh, hang with us for about uh, two minutes or so, and we'll be back for one final segment of today's Ask the Preacher. The phone number is 
682-1430. Fourth and final segment of Ask the Preacher coming up right here on Talk Radio 96.7. Here's John and George. Okay, so George, what is a woman? Uh, well, if I were to uh, reference a Supreme Court nominee, I would have to say I can't answer that in this context because I'm not a biologist. So uh, in insane world where people have... In the insane world? No, 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 sane. Real world. In, where, where, in the world of sanity. So we're, yes, the world of sanity where, where words mean things and there are definitions. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. You either have an XX or an XY set of chromosomes, and that would define you as male or female. And and uh, I understand maybe the argument of uh, s- some people say, well, sex and gender are different. Just because you're female doesn't mean you're you're gendered as a woman. To which I say, well, you know, you can call it uh, a tomato or a tomato. It's the same thing. So <laughs> it's it's just not that. I guess in a scientific way, it might be somewhat difficult to to answer the question and explain. And, and here's the reason why I would say that there are there are certain things that are so simple, it's hard to give a complex answer. What is a what is a woman? Well, doesn't everybody know what a, what a woman is? Well, apparently not. It's apparently not as common sense as mm-hmm. as we think now. Nowadays, uh, we've made sense not very common. Um, but so, folks, I, I know this is a little little humorous to to bring this up, but my my point was to go all the way back to the beginning of what our conversation was today, and speaking of the scripture being the foundation of truth, and then what what we have to live our lives according mm. to. And so, when we start getting away from scripture, we start becoming confused on the most simple yes. things. The things that have been true from the beginning of time. I mean, look, in, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. That's what we've been discussing mm-hmm. several times over. And let them have dominion over the fish uh, of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And so, you know, you, you don't have to necessarily get into the deep definitions of what is a male, deep definitions of what is a female, because there's no need for depth in there. The, the simple thing is they are different, and we have tried to muddle and put, make them come together in, in recent age, in recent times, uh, and confuse the issue but there is male and there is there is female, and um, well, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and say what you want to say, and then yeah. uh, I, I might get on the the thing that scares me about this particular uh, judge nominee. Well, you said you know in recent times this has occurred. I, I guess it, it's not that it's, recent. It's really not right. recent. So For this actually this goes back to the very beginning. You know, there are, there are some teachings. Um, the only thing that is infallible in this world is the Bible and Jesus himself. But there are some commentaries, uh, even from way back in the day, from rabbis. Uh, these are found in things like the Talmud. And there are some teachings, even in the Talmud, where they believe Adam, the first man, was literally both male and female. And when you look at a lot of these gods, these so-called gods, these false gods, these other deities that that they would carry both genders they would carry both both genders these gods would be uh transgender if you will and 
the real God, Yahweh, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was constantly warning his people not to follow this nonsense. And so it's actually an old enemy. It's an old belief. That rebrands that himself. Just yeah. rebrands itself and, and is now trying to um, get a stronghold in the United States even more so than it might already have. And it is something that I think, especially myself as somebody who has young children, it is it is vile and needs to be defeated. It really is. It's it's sick. It's sick stuff. Yeah, on, on a couple levels concerning that, that is why at, uh, at Believer's Fellowship we are outrageously vocal about these types of things. Um, very, very clear in our action concerning it as, as well. Um, and th- let me be clear about this. Um, I do not hate homosexuals. Not at all. Not at all. I love them passionately just like Jesus loves them passionately and and wants to rescue them out of the misery that those types of behaviors mm-hmm. uh what the the misery that those types of behaviors bring in a person's life um and so you know it, it could there's an old cliche phrase and I, I think it's good I don't know if it's a thousand percent correct but um we we hate the sin but we love the sinner uh so you know I think that's that's good um but uh, you know, presently, locally, there are 16 books that are in the the Polk County school system. They're all over the nation, but uh, there's 16 books that are being challenged. Uh, we read some of the language from some of those books the other day. It's appalling. The language is absolutely appall- appalling. It's not not curse words. It's talking about what it's talking about: sexual orientation and behaviors and activities that children um, are participating in and. Uh, in the books, and then other children are reading about it. It's it's terrible. Um, and so this Sunday we have a petition uh, that that we'll be giving out to the congregation and, and asking them to look into it. It's their own choice whether to sign and, and be part of that or not. Um, but here's here's the reality: good people have sat back for far too long and says, "Well, I believe." Uh, the the truth. I believe the Bible. I know what's right. I know what's wrong, and 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 I live my life that way. Um, the problem is, good people have sat back for too yep. long and just have kept to themselves, and we have not taken dominion yep. like we like we should. And, and and you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about following the law, and 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 Jesus said that the second greatest commandment. From Leviticus 18 is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And this is Micah 6 8. It says, mm. O people, yeah. the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what God is requires required. of us to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. It is not right to let young children, before they're even in puberty, get chemically castrated and all these things that are being pushed in this, this uh, transgender. Uh, chaos, demonic uh, doctrine. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it is not merciful to let somebody um, spiritually kill themselves without warning them. Mm. That's that's not you it's know, not cool. and it, it's it's not cool um, to have false humility and say, well, I'm not going to get involved because that's their life. That's that's a sense of false humility, and it's it's compromised. It's literally watching uh, people drown or burn, yeah. and not doing anything. Yeah. About it. So if if we want to actually take action, we should do what Micah six eight says. We should do what is right. We should love mercy, and and that means extending mercy to the people who are yeah. are psychologically and mentally damaged by it's this not demonic just influence. Loving mercy for ourselves. It's love and mercy, but it's love and yeah. mercy for them, and extending exactly. mercy, uh, and to walk. Humbly, uh, you know the scripture says that Moses was the most humble man in all the earth, but yet he did these the most amazing things that you could ever imagine. 
Um, but what made him humble is the fact that he just simply obeyed God's mm-hmm. word. God gave a command, and he said, yes, sir, I'll do it. No matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how capable I think I am, you said to do it, and I will go, help me, God, help me do what you say to do. So that's what, in one sense, what it would mean to walk humbly. Folks, uh, we thank you for joining us today, John and George here from Believer's Fellowship Church. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Hey, I want to invite you out, Believer's Fellowship, on Sunday mornings, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, all sorts of things through the week. The easiest way to find out information is just go to believersfellowship.com. Hey, God bless you. Walk in his way and be blessed. We'll see you next week.